heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the Life After Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Brad Lieb. I'm a former professional hockey player interviewing other former players about their life after hockey journeys. And before we get to this week's interview, I just want to take a moment and thank my last guest, Lee Moffey. Lee co-founded the State and Liberty Clothing Brand, a clothing brand that creates athletic, fit, and performance dress clothes for men. What does that mean? Well, if you think of an athletic cut dress shirt with the stretchy performance fabric that is low maintenance and still looks good, that would be my description of their clothes. After the interview, I ordered a few things and they arrived the other day and honestly, right out of the box, tried them on. They look good. They felt good. They fit really well. And I'll post a few pictures on social media. I was genuinely impressed with the look and the feel and we all know that's half the battle. So if you want to check out their full line of clothing, go visit stateandliberty.com. And the best part is, enter code LEEB, L-E-E-B, for 15% off your first order. Thank you, Mr. Moffey, for hooking that up. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. This week, I interviewed two more former player entrepreneurs, this time in the fitness space. Brandon Cullen and Kirk DeWall have co-founded the Metabolic Training Facilities the industry's first and only strength-driven interval training franchise. During this conversation, these former teammates talked about their journey into the fitness world, growing their business, and ultimately franchising their business and their unique niche, and how also how they use hockey analogies with their team of employees, and also use analogies to name some of their workouts, which was pretty funny. So. Without further ado, here is my interview with Brandon Cullen and Kirk DeWall. Enjoy. All right, here we go. 
My next guests are the co-founders of the Metabolic Training Facilities, the industry's first and only strength-driven interval training franchises, eight locations across the U.S. and one in Canada. Brandon Cullen, who's born in St. Catharines, Ontario, played in the OHL with the Oshawa Generals and Erie Otters, went on to play four years pro with the Charlotte Checkers and the Hartford Wolfpack. And Kirk DeWall, born in Calgary, Alberta, played in the WHL, Lethbridge, Calgary, Medicine Hat, Edmonton, Spokane. I remember those days. Drafted by the New York Islanders, went on to play in the East Coast Hockey League with the Tallahassee Tiger Sharks, Pensacola Ice Pilots, Charlotte Checkers, as well as the Fresno Falcons, and also had some time in the EIHL with the Sheffield Steelers and Cardiff Devils. Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate having you both on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is this this is cool because I've never interviewed two players before at the same time. So so this is great, and I, yeah, I appreciate your busy schedules to kind of make this happen. Yeah, we're excited. To, uh, we're excited to talk to you. Yeah. So where, where are you guys at, and and what's uh, keeping you busy these days? Uh, so we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we both um, met here playing for the Checkers um, during their last couple seasons together, and. Uh, just didn't want to go back to the snow to Canada, so we both uh, we both set up shop here in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'm I'm in Victoria, and like as we speak, it's just starting to snow here. Actually, so yeah, Canada is a cold place right now. Yeah, you guys get a lot of snow in Victoria. No, usually maybe a few days a year, and it sticks around for a few days. Yeah. So that's you know I'm originally from Alberta, and and you know it's nice to get just a taste of the snow. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Just not the Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, the Alberta winners are tough. Yeah, you you guys, you know, both both Canadian guys living in the states. Let's uh, let's 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 go back to the the hockey careers a little bit. What's uh, start with some? What about a favorite memory when you're from from your career? What comes to mind? Uh, I mean, me personally, I would probably say, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to, to win a couple championships. Uh, one when I was with, in Fresno with the Falcons, and then uh, I won another one when I was overseas in England with the Sheffield Steelers. So that was probably the highlight of my career um, from a from an excitement standpoint. Yeah. Same kind of same thing. Uh, championship with the Erie Otters. Uh, got to spend. Got to play in the Memorial Cup. Uh, we never ended up winning that, but just that whole experience, that whole grind. Um, it was a real fun time in Erie, too, because we were the the big act in town, so it felt like the whole city was rallying around you, so it was great. Yeah, playing in Erie, was that uh, Brad Boys in Koliakovo, that era? It was, yeah. So I played, uh, I mean, yes. So, yeah, I played with them. Um, you know, even Brad became a really good friend in when we were playing together, we've lost touch with the, with the busy life, but he was a great friend of mine. Koliakko was there. Um, at the time, Corey Becker was a huge player at that time. So we had a, we had a very strong team. Um, Sherry Basson was the, uh, was the general manager, Dave McQueen, the coach. And uh, it was just a, it was a good time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely such a, such an influential time for for all of us in, in junior and um kirk you mentioned the uh you know playing overseas Who, who's the coach in sheffield when you guys won uh when i was in sheffield the coach was a guy named mike blaisdell 
He's from, uh, I believe he's from Regina. Um, okay. He was over there um, quite a few years, but uh, just a really good guy. Um, players coach, you know, and over the, but I, did you get a chance to play over there? I was, and and I think your time might have been a little bit before mine. I, I was I was thinking uh, uh, Paul Thompson, or yeah, Paul Thompson was the, was the coach, but I, I'm probably mistaken. Yeah, he was after. I think he was after me. So I think I was over there in '04, '05. I think was my uh, my year in Sheffield. So yeah, it was. I think it was. It was actually the first year that they changed the name to the Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, before that, it was called the Super League. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's really a league, in my opinion, that's that's come a long way and and just getting better and better. I think players realize that, that there's a great opportunity to play there, and 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 the caliber is really good. So, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's doing better and better. Tell me, um, during during the hockey career, did you guys is this is this something? Because you know, obviously, the the life after hockey podcast, like. Your thoughts during your career? Did you ever think, at what point did you did you think that you were going to get involved with with fitness after hockey? Um, I think so. I used to use fitness in my off seasons to kind of like help with uh, finances. To be honest, uh, you know, I kind of had a goal of, of whatever I would leave pro hockey with, try to not touch that bank account and supplement with training players and, and bartending if i was being honest um when uh, we met in our final season kirk was a, a very similar i think player to me in 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 the sense that we excelled in hockey because of what we kind of did off the ice because we were we were average players i know we were good enough to obviously play but what i think made us relevant in the sport was fitness. So, I mean, in, in truth, that just started an honest conversation. Did we think we could make a career out of it? Probably not at that time, but it, it did make sense to actually at least go after that transition just because that's where our passions were. Yeah, I mean, you guys are both uh, pretty strong dudes. So, so yeah, I'm sure fitness was a huge part of your Part of your off seasons and you know one of you being from the west one of you being from ontario how how did that start you know with 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 the training after the charlotte days honestly i mean we uh we we both spent the off season here after after we first met um we were both here in the off season so that's when we started training together um started doing some sparring um from a boxing side of things together and there was a couple of us that that we all worked out together and just develop this mutual, I guess, friendship and relationship where we, you know, we had fitness as our as our common uh, common theme. So, so then the first the first uh, metabolic facility was in Charlotte. Is that right? Yep. At the facility that you're at right now. We're actually sitting in it. Yeah, we are. Nice, nice. The, the original. I'm like, I'm curious. You know, I, I try to. Um, you know, want to, you know, obviously explore like your journey and kind of like how things happen for you, because I'm kind of focused around, you know, this, this idea of transition, the idea of like transitioning from hockey into whatever we do, um, you know, curious, just your thoughts on that transition. If, if it, if it felt like, uh, like an easy transition, if it was, 
something that came naturally or something that that uh, maybe is a little bit more challenging for you? Yeah, I think uh, I think for both of us, honestly, it was kind of a sink or swim mentality where we didn't really have we didn't have a plan B. You know what I mean? So um, at least me for sure, it was like we you know after after my last season. I did a, it was personal training for about a year yeah. and we ran and talk and, and it was like, you know, we should, we should probably think about doing something here um, so that we can, uh, we can afford to live. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, um, this was before the big rise of, I guess what you call it today, boutique fitness. Um, <clears throat> so at that point you got to think, um, when would that have been 2007? Yeah, yeah. 2007, 2008, like I was doing uh, certain types of strength training in um, downtown Buffalo where I was exposed to like CrossFit long before CrossFit was even known or considered a, a cool thing. Um, so, I mean, we can, we joke about this to date. I remember uh, we were sitting out, he had a hernia surgery and I had a career ending concussion. So we were sitting in the stands watching a game and I said, you know, I think this CrossFit thing could be big. It's kind of funny to think about that now, you know. Um, so we were involved in a lot of, uh, so we were involved in a couple different CrossFit products. Uh, one of them, one of them was the 125th affiliate owner in like the whole world. And if you kind of put that into perspective, there's probably 20 to 25,000 now. So we were one of two in Charlotte. There's about 80 or 90 here now. Um, so there was that opportunity there. Um, but even like when we were in that world, we kind of disagreed with where it was going from a standpoint of pushing it on the everyday person, you know? And then we also had, because we were not just uh, players that could, could just skate by to use a terrible pun, um, we were always educating ourselves, trying other shit, trying to get a leg up on our competition. So we also had all this training background and training knowledge that wasn't part of that world. And we saw this like massive hole in the fitness kind of community where you had like really good one-on-one -on -one strength training with that like personal trainer. And even at that point, kind of CrossFit bleeding into there. And then you had... I mean, then you had your YMCA boot camps and there was like, there was nothing in the middle that was this hybrid product for people after their sport that were kind of past the competition years in their life, but loved to train and, and love to live that high performing lifestyle. So we kind of branched off from the CrossFit world and tried to start building um, not only a program, but like a, like a type of community that, that we would like to go train at. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's now a 10 year journey, but it, it's a good story that's, that's just developing um, as we speak. Yeah, I definitely am a fan of, of those type of, of workouts. I've done, I've done a little bit of CrossFit um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's the most, um, I guess, similar to hockey training than that, that I came across after, after playing, um, you know, full body movements and, and lifting and, 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 you know, I, I, I guess how, you know, I've never, I've never been to, 
So what are you doing? So like, how, how, how is, how is it different than CrossFit? And like, if I'm going to come in, what, what am I going to expect um, at a metabolic uh, workout? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we differentiate in, in quite a few ways. First of all, we don't have any barbells in our program. We, uh, we use kettlebells, dumbbells, medicine balls. Um, it's, it's, it's just more, it's more appealing to the, to more people. Um, so when you, if you come in the doors, um, typically what you'll see is there's always going to be five movements in the workout. One of those movements is going to be a striking component on the heavy bag. And then the other four movements are, are programmed in according to what we're trying to accomplish that day. Um, every class we, we uh, pre-COVID, all our classes were capped out at 25 people. Um, and we have five groups um, so that um, the individual can scale it to their needs from a, from a weight standpoint, from an intensity standpoint. So it's, it's very doable for, for the majority of the population. The other, uh, the other interesting component too is like <clears throat> the CrossFit world is no longer in the conversation. So like when we look at when we enter new markets now, the type of comparisons that we have to stand out against is like the Orange Theories or the F45s. And it's actually, um, it's nice that they have taken the spotlight because we are a very strength bias program. So we still move a lot of weight. We just do it in a very structured and safe way based on work to rest ratios where it kind of puts everybody on the, you know, the same uh, playing field. So telling someone we're going to move this way and we're going to push ourselves for a minute and then we're going to take a minute to rest as opposed to say we're going to do a hundred of these and just whatever happens, happens. So, you know, much more structured approach to fitness and like with, with what is it? with what is out there now that like the big boys, the players, they are not a strength component at all. It's kind of like a cardio component mixed in with some calisthenics. And we are the flip. We are a strength bias program that brings in primal movements, athleticism, agility, and, and cardio. That, that sounds great to me. Like I, I like, I like that strength workout. I, I like that you know, cardio and, and everybody's different. Everybody has their own preferences. Cardio has a place, but I think you can definitely even get some of those, uh, a lot of those benefits with doing a high intense strength workout. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely a, a fan of that. I've never been to a, an orange theory, but I, I feel like there would, they would be a little bit more, um, focused on that, that cardio piece. Um, and, and what else I'm, I'm hearing with those kind of exercises, I would think you guys would have a, um, a, a range of people that, that, that you could come, that could come in and do the workout. I know with, um, in, in my own head, even as, you know, a former athlete going into, um, um, uh, doing, doing some of these other workouts, like, uh, uh you know, I, I, <laughs> I was lo losing my train of thought here. I, the, the idea of, of, of that anyone could come in and do your workouts, is, is that the impression that you're getting with the people coming in? Yeah, I mean, our, our, our target demographic is that, that 25 to 40 to 45-year-old um, business professional, 
um, somebody that has you know the disposable income where fitness is an important part of their life, um, and it doesn't define them, but it, you know each they want they want to get a, a good workout in, and they don't just want to do some random sprint on the treadmill, do some jumping jacks, uh, you know what I mean, do some push-ups. So they they crave the structure that we provide. Um, and it seems to uh, it seems to resonate with with the majority of the population, especially like you said, Brad. Like people coming from some type, and we're not talking professional athletics or even collegiate athletics, but but somebody that has kind of like type A personality, values routine, values structure. Like it's a real great group of people that we get to hang out with on a daily basis, where we're not really forced to to, to handhold. Uh, you know, like we provide a very good workout. We have very educated trainers that work for us. And it's almost like if we didn't exist, all of these, all of our members, they'd be training their asses off somewhere. But now they found like one roof to train under with a lot of like-minded people, a bunch of go-getters, just a real fun atmosphere, you know? So it, it's, it's coming to works, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I, I, I guess where I was going before is just the idea of of CrossFit could could actually be intimidating even to me, like with the, you know, with with the the exercises and the form, and you know that that you know if if you're if you're not if you don't have good form, you could hurt yourself, you know, even just tweak something and 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 have it, you know, hurt for a while. So like you know, not not just because. I have you guys on as a guest, you know, actually it's kind of the opposite. It's like, I've seen, you know, your concept and that's why I wanted to have you on as a guest. Cause I, I actually, um, I, I like that, that concept of a workout, um, you know, and, and I guess another kind of thing I wanted to, wanted to ask you guys about is, you know, you go from, you go from training and even from summer training, um, even if you're, you know, going from your one, training facility now you guys have i believe nine locations 14 14 i gotta check my stats yeah, we got we have uh we have 14 open and about or we're supposed to make a big announcement here in the next couple of days but we have 14 open 20 in development and a few more in the pipeline we hope to uh sign here in the next few days amazing my apologies on my on my intro then yeah. <laughs> So, so how do you go from one location to 14? That's, that's not, you know, that's not just a, a simple thing to do for any business. How, how did that happen? Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been easy to tell you the truth. Um, we, uh, we initially got approached, you know, after we were open about a year, we got approached to, um, to partner um, in a different city and partnering in a different city didn't really interest us. Um, that's when we looked into franchising and um, started the franchise model in uh, 2013. And from there, it's been a, a learning process, to be honest with you, of the do's and don'ts of the franchising world, um, dealing with dealing with different franchisees on a personal level, um, making sure all your processes are in place. So it's it's been uh, it's been hard, but at the same time, very rewarding. I would think so. I, and, you know, my, now my thought goes to, you know, e even that is a, is a, a feat in itself. Like, you know, there's probably a lot of businesses that try that and, 
and it doesn't work out. So what would you say are some of the things that, that have allowed you guys to be successful in that franchise model? I think we, we do have a unique niche in the market right now. Um, so, and I, and I hope that I don't come off as arrogant in saying this, but usually when we are in a market, we are known as kind of the training facility that if, if you are very much into fitness and want, want professional coaching is this is, this is where you train, right? So when we were growing it, um, the two of us, uh, we now have new partners that are helping with the scaling side of it. Um, but when, when we were growing at the two of us, we kept it pretty simple. Um, we either picked who we thought were slam dunk people or slam dunk markets where we didn't ever open ourselves up to too, too much risk. And we didn't sign just anybody that had the money to open a franchise. So, you know, we grinded it out to what, 10, yeah. about 10 locations before we were approached by our new partners. Their, their name is Z Growth Partners and pretty much to simplify their proposal to us is, you are great at what we do. We want to give you more time back to make the product even better and better and better. And now we are gonna explode this thing with our decades and decades of franchising experience. So, you know, this partnership is only about a year in, a uh, year and a half in, if I was being honest. And we also just went through the worst year that you'd ever wanna open a fitness facility yet We've got a bit of momentum. So I think the fact that the majority of the fitness world is kind of preaching organized chaos, high fives, community, community, um, lightweight cardio. We find this niche where we, we come in, we have high performers that are our clients. We deliver a strength driven model. We have a lot of space in our gym in comparison to some of these ones that are on top of one another. So the majority of our training floors, even though we only work with 20 to 25 clients at a time, are one and a half to two times the size of an Orange Theory or an F45. So a little bit of what we offer and also a little bit of perfect timing with the, um, the temperature in the world right now, I think. That was definitely going to be something I wanted to ask you about, just, you know, the the pandemic world and, and you know, gyms and I think restaurants, I feel that have been affected the most, um, you know, and and I also believe that that these kind of, of changes create an opportunity in itself. Like, you know, if you're if you're, you know, if you have a good product, you have a good formula and, and you're, you're able to, you know, um, you know, adjust and pivot. You know, what, what, what as a company um, have you guys had to pivot with the most um, in your area? Because that's the other thing. I feel like the pandemic has been so different in, in, in different areas. I have a brother that lives in Salt Lake City and their way of life is very different than, than here in Victoria. So you guys have a lot of locations. How is that kind of, what, what have been the kind of the, 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 the big things that have come up with the, with the pandemic. Yeah, I mean the big thing uh, when the when probably mid March when the whole thing kind of hit hit the U.S. and Canada, uh, all our locations were forced to close. We immediately jumped into a virtual model where 
the one day we were running classes, the next day we were shooting videos um, and sending out workouts to to our members and, and to our franchisee locations. Um, so that was the biggest thing. We had to do that for, I mean, we're still doing it, right? But we did it for a good three months before we were allowed to open back up um, in most of our markets. And then when we did open back up, we, we had to open back up at a limited capacity um, with strict cleaning guidelines. We had to spread out our classes and offer less classes. So we had, we were able to, uh, to clean the gym after each class. And, um, so it's been, um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but um, it's luckily our model pre-COVID, um, we already had the six feet of distance pre-COVID. So that wasn't a huge issue for our members coming in. They weren't they weren't worried that they were going to be next to somebody because um, they knew they already had enough space um, before the whole pandemic hit. So that that was definitely a plus for us. Yeah, and I mean on top of that, even talk about facility sizes. So where a lot of people make kind of the mistake on you got to be at a certain capacity. It's not where you exited during COVID, it's based off of your fire code in your building, right? So even when a, a fire code in most of our um, locations was saying you gotta be at 50% or 25% capacity, like our numbers still were exactly as is. We actually made just a strategic play to stay five under what we normally would do, but legally wouldn't have to. We just thought it was the right thing to do for our clients. Um, and, and to go back to one thing, which was weird, is even though we were shooting these videos, one of the coolest things we thought about um, our product is throughout the whole crisis, the worst time we were down about, we were down to only 70% of our revenue and membership system-wide. So all of our members, you know, dedicated, stuck with the streaming service. Um, when, if you look at this statistically in the fitness world, most of them are down 70%, not holding on to 70%. You know, so that, that gave us a lot of confidence. And then the other thing that, uh, you know, I, I always get nervous kind of like to, talking about this, but, but if we are in a city that allows you to be open, we are full. I mean, we have 25 to 45 year old young, healthy people. So they're not nervous to come do their workout. And again, a lot of it's perfect timing and the type of individual that we get to work with on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a year, but doing all right. Yeah, we've, we've, definitely, uh, we've definitely held our own and it's, um, it's been reassuring, I mean, and, and I think you know we've been lucky enough where our most of our clients in all of our locations have been really supportive and believed in us, and um, they enjoyed the workouts so much that you know that's what that's what helped us uh, keep keep thriving. Yeah, I like the uh, the move to digital. That just sounds you know like uh, a, a nice. Um, option to have. I, I know you're not going to duplicate, you know, the in-person experience, the in-person workout. And, and I think it's a nice option because everybody's in, in a different place with this whole pandemic. So you guys have plans to keep the digital workouts going? We do. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a different approach though. So the way we see it is more of a, um, it's going to be a different type of program that you can do at home, right? Um, 
So we're going to build it off the fundamentals of the program. It's going to be heavily strength-based. So we're kind of looking at um, one piece of equipment or a couple pieces of equipment that you can do a lot with. Uh, we're big kettlebell fans, so like that, that would make sense for us. Um, but the funny thing is, is it's it's like you said, it's a nice option, but our clients are not demanding it. In fact, they can't get back in the gym quick enough. So I think where other companies have been forced to pursue digital all in, it's because of what they weren't providing on the floor. So like, you know, it's a little bit of a different thing. So our clients aren't saying, you know, I, I, you better be doing digital. They just see it as a nice value add. Uh, mm. we are, and we're about to launch actually a brand new platform that we've been working on for the last six months that will replace the current uh, videos that are there too. Yeah, and one thing with that digital too is, is I think a lot of gyms, you know, once they had to pivot, they pivoted to these, these Zoom classes, right? Where you were following along with the instructor and doing their workout where we basically, we did it a little bit different where we, sh we provided movements for the workout. We, sh we had our trainers demonstrate the movements. We had somebody walk them through the movements, how they should be performed. We gave them the work to rest ratio and the length of it. And then we said, go nuts. You know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't, we weren't providing the zoom classes to work alongside these people. Um, so they could do it, uh, you know, any time of the day they wanted, they would just have to log on. See, watch the video for five minutes and then do the workout. So um, we did it. Uh, we, we thought that was a different way to go at it. And um, our clients, clients seem to enjoy it. Yeah, definitely a value add and, and you know, a possible, you know, asset, digital asset to have moving forward and to possibly build off of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to ask you about the you're talking about the franchises and, and talking about the different locations. I, I actually came across uh, your, your, your company originally on the PHPA website as, as an opportunity for former players. So are there, are there a lot of other former players involved? If any, um, you know what, one of my, uh, one of my best friends and uh, roommates during uh during my time here in Charlotte, he actually owned the uh, the Raleigh location, him and his wife, uh, who are great friends of mine. They recently hit their five-year mark and just wanted to take a, a different direction for their family. They have three young kids. He is, uh, you know, he is like Mr. Dad that wants to be at all of the baseball games and, and all that stuff. So as much as uh, he didn't exactly want to leave, um, it was right for him and his family. And, you know, the one parting gift he said to us, which I kind of take to heart, he's like, you know, I really appreciate uh, what you've done for me because I was able to sell this and now I've taken care of my kids' uh, college for life. So thank you. So, mm. you know, we didn't want to see him go. He's one of our closest buddies. Uh, he, he still lives in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. His name's Dusty Jamison. It's, his wife's Alex. And they're good people. They just... They themselves wanted to pivot uh, for it for a different kind of life. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, that's uh, you know, obviously you're you're in a business, but you're you know, to to help people out, I'm sure is. Um, I mean, what you guys are doing with all your all your uh, all your customers as well. 
Yeah, it's definitely good. Yeah, we have, I mean, we've had um, we've had some interest from guys. Um, we actually had um, some pretty good interest in Victoria yeah. from uh, from a guy that Brandon played with, um, and then COVID kind of put a put a halt on all that. So once um, we're hoping once we get back to a little bit of normalcy, that uh, we'll revisit that conversation with him. That I I, I hope you do because <laughs> you know. There's Victoria's an it's an interesting place. There, there's the West Shore that's really um, developing and 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 really growing right now. The the Langford area, um, and there's not a lot of. I mentioned um, CrossFit, but the the one CrossFit closest to me is really far. Everything's kind of spread out. So, I mean, as as a location, um, you got one sign up already. So so. That's I'll be I'll be following up on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Even saying that, I mean, that's a big uh, something we've learned is, is if if you don't live within five minutes of a gym or you don't work within five minutes of a gym, you're probably not going to that facility uh, if you are super dedicated. Um, so we've learned that uh, you know along the way that um, location where we put our locations is is crucial to the success of the business. Hundred percent. I, I Victoria is a beautiful city, and I don't go downtown very often. It's not even that far. Um, it's just not. I'm I'm a half an hour away. I would love to have something like that in and around this Langford area, which, you know, just add to the conversation. If that ever comes to fruition, my vote would be um, around the Langford area, and maybe something to look into. We'll hire you for site selection. I love that. <laughs> I'm I'm here. I can definitely help out, um, but yeah, I I, I love that uh, you know that was even um, you know an option for for former players to even check into. So yeah, and, and in all fairness, like we would like to get more involved, um, but you know it, it's a business in its own right. They have their sponsors and this and that. Uh, we we try to reach out once a year to see if there's an opportunity to present at the. Um, the annual uh, gathering. Um, so hopefully one day we get that opportunity because, I mean, we all know we have players that uh, when they leave the game can can somewhat have trouble with transition, um, especially if you come from our background where you were in the uh, the Canadian Hockey League and never had the chance to go to school. Like there, there are a lot of hurdles um, leaving hockey if you don't have something to work towards, I think, is the big thing. You know, something to go after is where I see people that I've played with uh, the most the most lost. And one of the things I think we offer is that feeling. I mean, we run our whole organization using the word team. And we, we talk about, in fact, when we talk about building a staff, we use analogies of having a centerman, a right, uh, you know, a right winger, a stay-at-home defenseman. We actually use these kind of analogies of how to build the ideal starting lineup. Um, so I think, like, if you know, if we could ever reach that hockey community to show them this opportunity, we know, based on their DNA, their makeup, that you know they would really respect what we are doing. I, I think about things like that often um, with regards to bringing the hockey mindset into everyday life and, and using that mentality to create whatever I'm creating. 
is that, you know, you're talking about building a team. Have you guys, and I don't want to put words in your mouth as much as I think it's just interesting. How, how much have you guys thought about using that hockey mindset in your life after hockey? I mean, it's, it's a daily thing, to be honest with you. I mean, talking about the workouts, every one of our workouts is named after a hockey term. Like, like today's workout that's on the floor is called playing guilty. So, yeah. I've done that workout before. Probably, probably a few times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we may not have um, the, the college education, but we've learned so much from the game that – we still, that's how we still operate. That's how we still get up in the morning and go through your routine, um, almost like a, a pregame routine. It's like, that's our life. You know, we have routines that we stick to, that we've learned and we've been taught and we, we carry that over in, into how we operate the business. 100%. I, 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 in the language that I use, I talk about like just the ways of being and, and, who do you have to be to create whatever you want to create? So like as a hockey player into, into business, like you guys are being driven, being committed, you know, being consistent, like all those things are absolutely the little things in hockey that, that can be used in, in any area of life, in my opinion. Yeah. And the other thing that kind of speaks to me on, I mean, on a cellular level is uh, like, I, I struggle with post-concussion syndrome. That's how my career was ended, and I, I'm in a daily battle. Have been for over a decade. I've tried every single thing, with the uh, with with the exception of these new uh, magic mushroom trips, which I'm strongly considering. Um, but you know what I mean. And I think the big thing that helped me when you hear of the horror stories about post concussion syndrome, I think what they don't talk about with a lot of the people that get into bad places is that having something to live for after hockey or having something to go after and having something to push you to work towards. So like I literally have trouble imagining not having this new game to try to get great at. Mm -hmm. um, and I often wonder if some of these people that, you know, like I say, they, 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 they find themselves in bad places. I, I wonder if it's because they have nothing to work towards and like, if this could ever help with that, I mean, it's helped me, you know, so I, I often think about that, what my life would have been like if I didn't have something to go after. Yeah, that's, that's actually come up a few times just in these, these interviews. I think this is the 12th one that I've done and the idea of, of having a passion and, and, and then the idea of your identity is changing. So I definitely resonate with that. I, I feel like I've been out of the game for eight or nine seasons now, and I feel like I'm still navigating through that. I still identify with this with this identity of a hockey player and the person that I was. So, you know, you try and pick, and that's that's what, what I'm trying to articulate. I try and take these pieces of, of the mindset of the hockey player and trying to create this this new identity. Um, and, and, and for me... Um, one of my passions is is kind of personal development and, and and mindset and 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 I would assume for you guys fitness is a passion. But can you speak to anything else that's um, piqued your interest after hockey? I think I mean just you know like Brandon said, being 
having a business that, you know, if you don't show up, that business is, is going to fail. You know, being passionate about that business, um, being held accountable, I think has been a, has been a huge help for both of us um, in that regard. Um, because, like you said, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I know the year after I played, before me and Brandon talked about going into business together, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, to be honest with you. And I was just kind of like, just going through life, you know, just living as opposed to actually going through life with a passion. Hmm. Yeah. And for me, um, the biggest pill to swallow with my post-concussion stuff I deal with, and I try not to get choked up while doing this, is um, competing. So, like, unfortunately, like, I actually have to be careful with our own workouts because my triggers are exertion and not enough rest and not enough recovery, just just too much, too quick. And, you know, you, you, you pack that on top of running a business, like, I can pay for it pretty, pretty bad. So I found um, I found a way to manage it. On the surface, most of my friends and colleagues would have no clue, but like Kirk, <laughs> Kirk knows what I'm having an off day, and, and you know, the people closest to me know when I'm having an off day. But the biggest thing that was hard for me, I didn't exactly identify as a hockey player, so it wasn't like losing an identity, but it near killed me to 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 lose the ability to compete uh, physically to see like what I could do or couldn't do, like what could break me, I guess is the easiest way to say it. But once I realized that, you know, this was my life and this was my condition, I just channeled that competition. How great can I make this business? How far can I take it? So it's, it's more of a mindset now than a physicality, but I think it comes from the exact same place. There's definitely um, overlapping uh, uh, attributes to that conversation. Like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I was I was actually comparing everything to hockey when I first retired. Like, you know, here's 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 a job if you can loosely call it a job that you go to the rink for a few hours in the morning, you do a workout, you go home, you have a nap, and maybe you have a game that night where you know, you, you, you are in front of all these fans that are, you know, it's a great atmosphere to compete in. And, you know, you're, you're kind of put up in, in, on a pedestal a little bit and, and, and then you're not doing that anymore. So it, it was hard for me to find something. You're not going to find something that can compare to that. Yeah. And, you know, then it's finding those pieces that, you know, well, what, what did you value the most out of that? And then I'm hearing like, you know, the competition for you and pushing yourself and, and how, how much could I, um, how much could I build my body up? How much could I, you know, what else could I accomplish? So, yeah, I definitely think there's, there's piece, there's, there's overlapping pieces to that. And it, it's an interesting conversation. And, and I know I told you guys half an hour, we're over that time already, but I think these, these are actually the conversations I kind of, I want to get into. Yeah. you know, with, with guys, because I want to give this a voice and, and, you know, just more so awareness that, that these are some of the things that you navigate after hockey. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's like you guys said earlier, I mean, it's, it's hard um, coming out of the game and not having anything. And, you know, if we can help 
anybody along the way that's in that position where they're struggling and they're interested in business, you know, we would we would more than be happy to to talk with them and, and see if we could be of any help. Yeah, and on the flip of it, just you know, I hope this sheds light on, like you said, either losing an identity or losing that being in the spotlight or losing just the ability to compete. Like, you know, I don't know where this sits today in the game, but like what kind of resources are there for players that sit sit in there now? But I remember those those PHPA meetings where you literally would just you wouldn't even listen to what was being you know, given to you. I remember being in junior and they might bring in your principal or whoever. And at that age, you know, you wish you had the mindset or someone at least guiding you to say, listen, this is going to end one day, guys. Like, start thinking about who and what you want to be. And, you know, if I could, if I could take back all those bus trips and just read a book for once, God, like, that could have helped. <laughs> You know, yeah. learn learn to do an Excel spreadsheet. That would have been a valuable or a value. <laughs> yeah, you talk about Brad. You talk about you know you go to the rink for a couple hours a day. I mean, essentially, we were professional day wasters. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you go to the rink, you go home, and then what you guys guys nowadays they, they hop on Xbox and play video games for for the rest of the day. And it's like, and I was I was that was me. You know, I was you go to the rink. You, Go grab lunch with the guys, and then if you're lucky enough, you, if you live in, a, in a, a warm climate, maybe you go golf, or, or you go home and you watch a movie or play video games. It's like you, you could be doing so much to build your your resume um, during those off hours, um, which you live and you learn, right? You, you, you think you think, wow, that's not going to be me, but when when that day comes and you're like, fuck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well said. And, you know, I, and and I think, you know, it's conversations like this. You just try and create a little bit of awareness because at that age, especially in junior, even, you know, in you're, you're in pro, like you don't really have an ear for that. Like you don't have a listening for that. So I think, you know, it's going to be, you know, creative ways to communicate with with the players that are still playing. And and again, like I, I love that you guys are, you know, communication and, and trying to share that these are the things that we're going to be navigating is one side. And then, you know, also offering um, opportunities for guys, you know, as like, here's an option. Here's, here's one thing that, that has worked for me that I've created, that I've developed. And I think that's absolutely what you guys have been doing with Metabolic and, uh, and, and, and yeah, creating those opportunities for other players. Before I let you go, um, Brandon, I wanted to ask you about your TED talk. Life lessons from the miners. How was that experience, and 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 uh, how did that come about? It's kind of weird that I found myself at this point of uh, my life in a lot of like speaking roles now, and I was the guy terrified to be in front of a classroom, you know, to read his report out loud. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, you mentioned Brad Boys earlier, and when they retired his jersey. I was asked to give a speech there in my early 20s, uh, probably my late 20s, but it was the first time speaking in front of anybody, and, and that was a, an arena filled with 3,000 people. And I don't know where I found comfort in it, but like as we started to grow this brand, we really had to 
we had to, we used to screw up by doing everything together. And then at one point we, we, we took a position of how we were going to do things. And Kirk really started focusing on the training aspect and perfecting not only the two of us do the program together, but really perfecting the on-ramping and training of our trainers. And, you know, I turned into almost like a think of uh, our voice, how we were going to position ourselves out there. And that put me in, in a lot of op positions where I could speak. And it was one of our clients who, uh, this is, I'll pro I'll, I know we're going over, but I will tell a funny story. Um, client of ours said, listen, Brandon, I would like you to audition for TED Talks. It's here in Charlotte in September. And I said, I said, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea at all. <laughs> he said, well, listen, I sit on the board and can get you an interview. It's a little late in the process, but like, just, you know, let, let's set you up. And I'm like, all right, well, I, you know, I like to be very prepared for everything and very structured. I'm like, so when's this interview? He's like, it's Thursday. I'm like, this is Tuesday. I'm like, no, I'm not going. He goes, listen, just go and you, if all they can say is, you know, no, we're not taking you. <clears throat> so I go to him, I go, listen, I got this opportunity. I'm going to think, I'm going to look at it as a business opportunity. If I can land this, maybe people will see us and they'll, have a chance to grow here so i'm going to go in there so i had this um the top three points of uh life lessons from hockey because i had two minutes to deliver this speech they told me right for the audition so i walked in with like a shoulder bag on and right when i walked in they're like okay go and i'm like oh so this is <laughs> this is a go and there's like a tiger in the background so i'm just like word vomiting <laughs> So no joke, I walk out of the place, I call him and I'm like, well, I just fucking bombed that thing. We're not getting anywhere. And I get a call two days later. They're like, we love you. Um, we're going to give you a chance to speak. And then I had six months to prepare. So at that point, um, I felt good going into that. But still, I mean, standing in a, what is it? it was like some kind of auditorium in front of, thousand people in the tightest jeans ever known to man is a, is a weird, uh, weird place to be, but. You pulled it off. You pulled it off. Great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you actually had a quote from your, it was one of your, almost your opening line. You said, I believe the, the will to prepare can outclass the skill of an individual. And, you know, even just your experience with that speech preparing and, uh, you know, the, the, again, that, that brings in those, those lessons from, from hockey in, in, in so many different ways. So I'm, I'm going to put a link to that, uh, that speech in the show notes of this, um, episode and because yeah, many life lessons from, from hockey, from the minors, um, and, I'm sure I'm sure they, they've helped you along your way. Have, and again, apologies on the location mishap. Is there anything else I missed or you guys want to want to share uh, before we go? And, and, and also where where can we send people? Uh, I mean, Matabolic.com is our website. Um, 
you know, we have a, we have a link. If anybody is is thinking about going into business, going into the fitness business, um, we have a link on the page there where they would just fill out a friend interested in franchising form, um, and and then we could uh, you know we could dive deeper into into the conversation from there. Yeah, and then the other thing too is like just um, talking about being a resource for people or players that may be stuck. Uh, I've kind of re-engaged on LinkedIn. So if anyone has a personal question for me, um, maybe you're struggling with post-concussion syndrome too. And in fact, I just talked with uh, Brandon Nolan the other day, a guy I played with, Ted Nolan's son, who, who has very similar struggles to me. So if you need to be a sounding board or need some advice, uh, feel free to DM me through LinkedIn too. That's completely fine. Love that. Love that. Um, definitely put those those links to to that in in uh, the notes as well. Gentlemen, I really appreciate this, and you know, congratulations on everything that you've achieved, and and best of luck, you know, everything in the future. I think you guys are doing a great. You have a great product, and 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 creating opportunities for others. I think that's that's a great combo, and 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 I appreciate your time. Absolutely, thanks, thanks for having us. So one more time, just for the record, Metabolic has 14 locations and Brandon was saying 20 in development and a few more in the pipeline. That is impressive. Well done, gentlemen. And I am still going to keep my fingers crossed for that location to possibly open up here in Victoria, more specifically the West Shore Langford area. There's a lot of growth and development here and I really do believe a gym like that would do great. And I really would be the first to sign up because I do believe in those strength-based programs. I believe if you want to create strength and lose weight and build cardio, a strength-based program is the fastest and best way to get those results. And if you are looking for a workout like that, Check out metabolic.com for a location closest to you. And if you are passionate about the fitness industry and want to look into franchise opportunities, you can go to metabolic.com as well. And I, and I do mention passionate about the fitness industry. Kirk was describing having a purposeful passion and Brandon was talking about having something to go after, something to build, something to grow and develop. And I feel that if you are in a transition time or want to create a change in your life, focusing on the things that you are passionate about will lead to more happiness and fulfillment from that thing. So if you are passionate about fitness, this is definitely a unique niche to look into. I'm also going to add links to Brandon's TED Talk, Life Lessons from the Miners, as well as his LinkedIn account. Don't forget, he mentioned he's open and willing to talk to anyone that wants to reach out to discuss post-concussion challenges. He's there as a support. He's there as a resource and definitely encourage anyone dealing with that to, to reach out and get that support. I want to thank today's guests, Brandon Cullen and Kirk DeWall. I also want to thank you, the listener. I do appreciate you tuning in. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. 
as it does help others to find the podcast. Also, if you have any thoughts, feedback, or requests, please connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Brad M. Lieb. And that'll do it for episode number 12. Thanks again for listening. I do appreciate your time. And until next time, keep going and enjoy your life. I think that went very well.